and welcome back to another episode of A Wild Mystery Podcast Appears, where we discuss mysteries, histories, and occasionally conspiracies. I'm your host, Belle. And I'm your co-host, Ollie. Today, we are reviewing the horrifying case of Sundown Towns. Today's content warnings are as follows. Racial profiling, disappearances, murder, mentions of suicide, mentions of the KKK, racist language, and mentions of hanging and lynching. This is potentially going to be a rough one, um, depending yeah. on... From a historical standpoint, it's really fucked up. And from a current standpoint, it's still really fucked up. Um, so just bear with me, but I... This is one that I really wanted to address. Mm, um, definitely. And I'm going to do my best to do it justice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are the sole views and opinions of Belle and Ollie with a Wild Mystery Podcast appears. These views are not intended to harm, offend, defame, slander, or negatively represent any individuals involved in the case. What is a sundown town? Um, a sundown town is a horrific com- concept of an all-white neighborhood in the U.S. that practices racial segregation to the nth degree. Um, they often practice local laws to exclude non-white people um, and extend as far as use of intimidation and violence to keep their town all white. The term a sundown town refers to signs that uh, used to be posted saying, quote, colored people had to leave town by sundown, end quote. These communities were not limited to the southern states. Um, northern states also provided inhospitable areas until the 1960s. Um, some even got so large as to take over entire suburbs and counties. An even more horrifying thing about this is that there are many towns that still practice this activity. Um, okay. Although now, in the digital age, it seems harder to find this information. Um, surprisingly, you would mm-hmm. think it'd be the other way around. Um, most places tend to refer to these towns as historically being a sundown town or a legend suspected. I think this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, I mean. You, it's, they're fucking racist. And you know that they know that it's wrong. Yeah. Or... But for some reason, media seems to, or public news media mm-hmm. is afraid of litigation from that for accusing them of being send down towns very directly are they afraid of litigation or are they just not that mad about it good question listen yeah reporters are the way that reporters are yeah just including all of that it seems that a lot of truth about sundown towns and their current activity um is not being places i I do drop some names a little bit a little bit um i because it's the same thing, too, because I was finding it hard to find places that were not listed as, like, suspected sundown towns. Because it's not like I pulled census data, so I can't say, yeah. like, oh, they are a sundown town. But it's like, either way, they're fucking racist. Get shit kicked out of you, assholes. The history regarding sundown towns has come about more for non POC Americans, POC meaning people of color, due to the recent airing of Lovecraft County, which is an HBO series uh, by Jordan Peele, which is based on a 2016 novel by Matt Ruff, who, which was inspired by a 2005 book called Sundown Towns, um, which is written by sociologist James Lowen, which of course is causing the history to become mm-hmm. more well known. 
many people might not realize that Sundown Towns were, I don't want to say were around more recently because I, there are definitely still towns who practice it, but it's like legally, not yeah, legally known Sundown Towns mm, like a were fish on paper. Yeah. Or like, like, yeah, widely known practicing were still like very recent and as I mentioned earlier, it seemed that a general perception was that these sundown towns only existed in the South. This is actually not true. Um, and there's a website that Lowen created where you can look up a town's historical data, which is that link there, um, which has a map of the U.S. And has and so you can go through and look at every U.S. state. Ala- and well, Alaska and Hawaii are not on here. Well, yeah, which... Isn't surprising to yeah. me that those aren't on there because traditional or historically, you know. Now, the one thing about this is because I kind of got irritated because I'm like, if it's going to be a list of sundown towns, in my mind, it would be like, hey, these are the ones that we have identified as sundown towns. But it's like, if you look up certain towns, it'll tell you, oh, like, it It doesn't have every town listed because obviously that's a yeah. lot of fucking towns. But... Well, and it has a little, like, this is a work in progress Yes. note. Yeah. As they continue to look at historical documentation, writings, newspaper, all that sort of stuff, city this council reports. wild. The first one I clicked on, politic- politics um, circa 1860, strongly democratic. Which but didn't the Democrats... I know they kind of switched. Yeah, I think the Democrat yeah. Republicans switched. Yeah, I don't remember that was... when that was, though. Um, either way, uh, I will be including that link, um, in all, on our social media posts, as well as in the episode description. So if you're interested in finding out which shitholes used to be Sundown Towns, or potentially are still practicing Sundown Towns, Mm -hmm. um, feel free to go to that website. Yeah. Some of these are like, don't know, which is like... Probably. I think somewhere I read, and I might get into this later, is that in Illinois, there was, like, over 500 towns that were sundown towns. Still sundown. Probably. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's Blairsville, Georgia. Yeah. I'll, I'll fucking shred them. Come at me, bitches! Okay. Now, unfortunately, one of the most notable or well-known death in a sundown town is the death of Carol Jenkins. She was stabbed to death on September 16th in 1968 while selling encyclopedias after dark. Um, It was actually her first day on the job. Yeah, I've heard this case. Yep. Um, She was murdered by two white men um, in a sundown town in Indiana. Um, She was only 20 at the time. Unsurprisingly, her her murder took more than 30 years to solve. Investigators eventually received a tip that led them to one of her alleged killers in the early 2000s. Um, and her alleged killer, Kenneth Clay Richmond, um, who was affiliated with the Ku Klux Klan, um, and I hate saying those words, just as an aside, um, was declared incompetent to stand trial and later died of cancer um, in 2002, which to me is a un- unequivalent death for the crime no um his accomplice was never identified and i hope that person suffers a painful death as well because i mm-hmm. am not afraid to say that shit um and unfortunately to this day this pattern of behavior continues 
And here are some recent incidents in sundown communities. In Lake Oswego, shortly after the murder of George Floyd, a young girl painted a Black Lives Matter sign on the window of her family's home. Um, she is 15. I will not be naming her. No. Um, but her sister, at Pivyak on Twitter, shared the painting as well as the anonymous letter that they received in the mail. I am going to read the letter. By the way, if you want to follow um, this woman on Twitter, that is spelled P-I-V- Y-A-K. Thank you. And that's V as in Victor. Yes. <clears throat> so, again, so this is all going to be a direct quote. I am reading this directly as it was written. Mm-hmm. Um, hence some of the spelling errors, because that's something that never ceases to astound me, is how some of these racist yeah. fucks are stupid. Yeah. Dear neighbor, we, your neighbors, appreciate that you have a strong political and social justice viewpoint and wish to communicate that to others via you window sign. The First Amendment gives you that right. We believe you've made your point. As the tensions rise in our city, home is the safe and quiet place we wanted to return to after being at work. We want to come home to a beautiful street where neighbors care and support one another. And so did these women by the way and george floyd and brianna taylor mm-hmm. and every other one that didn't get the yeah. media's attention um continuing on the letter we have three homes on our street that are trying to sell for the best price possible your sign is driving down interest to live on this street, hence our property values suffer, including yours. That is a bullshit excuse that is never fucking true. And also, like, HOAs will pull this crap on you. Don't fall for it. Yeah. We feel you've made your statement and respectfully request you remove it and save your political viewpoint for inside your home. <laughs> Homes are not made to be build boards for our opinions. They are a place for families to rest, enjoy life, and feel safe. I feel like these people are the same kind of people that would hang a confederate flag outside their house. Oh, I'm sure. And also, I would just, too, caring about people mm. is not a political viewpoint. Mm. And so many people do not get to rest safely inside their fucking homes, mm -hmm. you tone-deaf asshole. Thank you in advance for caring enough about the people you live side by side, especially with different viewpoints, by removing your sign, your neighbors. Different viewpoints, like that you should be allowed to murder black people. Because if, like, genuinely fucking, if Black Lives Matter pisses you off, like, there is no excuse for that to piss but you off other than racism. Like, Shut the fuck up. Not all lives are being murdered in the street, like... The author of the tweet says this is, quote, 100% on brand for Lake Oswego, end quote. Um, Yahoo News did an article on this and similar events in August of 2020. Um, to be clear, the article was written in August of 2020 and included some of the following quotes, which I fill up, which I feel sum up the situation well. Um, 
Quote, as a black man living in an area like Lake Oswego, there's a certain thing that other people can do that I can't do. I can't go jogging at night. 25-year-old Justice Rogers said, explaining that doing so could make him a target by his mostly white neighbors. Also weighing in for that story was longtime Lake Oswego resident and co-founder of Respond to Racism in L.O., Willie Poinsett. Featured in a documentary short about the town called quote lake no negro end quote this town was a little town that rich doctors and lawyers and people had their summer cottages here and they would have black people come and do domestic work and those kinds of things she said but by sundown you had to be out of this town in 2019 um again continuing to quote from the article Um, Heather O'Connell published a paper in the journal Sociology of Race and Ethnicity called Historical Shadows, the links between sundown towns and contemporary black-white inequality. In it, she wrote that sundown towns are a key yet often invisible piece of our history that reshaped dramatically the social and demographic landscape of the United States and argued that these towns are primarily a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. But just last month, Arthur Morgan Jerkins, Jerkins, don't know why that doesn't look right to me all of a sudden, wrote regarding sundown towns. With the rise of hangings of black men across the nation this summer, I'm not so sure anymore. Damn. Referencing the registry I mentioned earlier um, that was created by Lowen. Uh, Lowen has created the world's only registry of American sundown towns, which is based on a compilation of data found from the accounts of locals, written articles, historical events, and census records. But he makes it clear that, quote, if a town is not listed, that doesn't mean it isn't a sundown town, end quote. Furthermore, just because a town is relinquished of its sundown status doesn't mean black people would feel safe. I'm going to repeat that again for those in the fucking back. Furthermore, just because a town is relinquished of its sundown status doesn't mean black people would feel safe. For example, I found the Lake Oswego page on that website. Uh huh. It says on still sundown, probably not, although still very few black people. Um, you should look up. Oh God, it's um in Texas. It starts with a V. It's considered one of the most racist places in America. V door. Yeah, that would be it. It was the only V in Texas, so yeah. Eh, still sundown, probably. Yeah. Um, before we get into the the darker side and harder part of this episode, we are going to take an ad break um, to kind of give you a moment to I ease in. That, yeah. I would like to bring some attention to some of the recent missing people, murders, and suspected murders of African Americans in sundown towns. You best believe I'm taking notes on these. This is just to highlight a few, and I highly encourage that if you know of another one, to please share it with us so we can continue to shed light on these horrific crimes. Yeah, bro, listen. I will get myself murdered, like, covering cases that people will get mad about. Yeah. So... So, (laughs) For example... (laughs) I've got one coming up. Yeah. But it's, this is, if no one else is going to fucking talk about it, I will happily talk about it. Mm-hmm. 
Try me, bitch. Also, something I did not mention earlier um, that I do want to bring attention to, something that I did not mention earlier is that actually before guidebooks were a thing, POC Americans had actually created a green book of towns to avoid if you were going to be Mm. traveling, which actually predates most of the, um, like, map and travel guidebooks. Well, this is like... You create the things you need, and then you create the things you want. So yeah. it is very dark to think about that was created first. Yeah. Because they needed it. Yeah. The first person that we're going to be talking about is Raymond Earl Willis Jr., um, who was a resident of Waverly, Ohio, which, again, historically was listed as a sundown town. Um, and according to NBC4, which is a local station, um, on July 1st, 2020, the Pike County Sheriff's Office served a search warrant at their home. Agents located two small plastic bags of marijuana, some change, a shotgun, $1,500, a 2001 Chevrolet Tahoe, and 20 DVRs. On July 4th, and uh, 2020, Raymond called his daughter, er, Brittany Hewell, Hewell? Um, sometime between 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. and um, reportedly told Brittany that the sheriff's raided my house, but I'll be okay. A day after the phone call, um, he had called his girlfriend and said he was on his way home, um, but he never arrived. Um, He was a man who was very focused on his family, especially his children and his grandchildren, Um, so this was very out of character for his family to not hear from him. Um, his girlfriend then reported him missing on July 11th. Authorities immediately suspected the disappearance of Raymond was connected to the disappearance of another man, Kobe Roosh, um, who had actually vanished the day after Raymond on July 6th. Um, on July 20th, authorities reported that Luke Farmer was wanted for questioning in connection to the disappearances of both Raymond and Kobe. So, I will say that I'm a little confused by this timeline because this doesn't make sense to me on how you would not know that someone was fucking dead, but we'll get to that. Um, On July 20th, authorities reported that Luke Farmer was wanted for questioning in connection to the disappearance of Raymond and Kobe. Um, However, on July 7th at 3.11 a.m., Luke Farmer had been pronounced dead after suffering from a drug overdose at at his house in Pike County. Um, and he died in front of several of, fr- several of his friends who attempted to give him Narcan and CPR. Um, um, rumors then began to circulate that both Raymond and Kobe had been put in wood chippers and fed to hogs. Yeah. Um, Brittany, um, upon speaking with NBC4, um, said, quote, about my father, yes. He was fed to the hogs, cut up in a chipper, and fed to the hogs. I was told he was in a barrel as well, end quote. Um, she had gone to search the Waverly area trying to find her father. Um, she reportedly said, quote, someone actually whispered to me while I was sitting in a car, I know where your dad is. Um, the person that they said done it was standing right in front of me, end quote. Um, she, of course, said that she was afraid for her safety. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. Um, 
Kelsey Hope is a volunteer who is still searching for Raymond, and she had visited the former homes of uh, Raymond places that he had frequented and the last place he was known to be seen on Watson Road. Um, Kelsey spoke with NBC4 saying that she spoke with several people who had tattoos identifying KKK and Aryan Nation. Um, she said that visiting the former sundown town took courage. Um, Kelsey reported that it was very scary, or sorry, quote, it was very scary, it was terrifying, but I felt like it's now or never, end quote. Um, upon visiting Watson Road, um, which is where Raymond um, was reportedly last seen, um, witnesses said that they had seen him run into the woods. Um, and she said that when she went there, there was a giant jump to get into the woods, which I wasn't clear hmm. on the logistics of. Maybe there was like a, a ditch or something, Doug. Maybe. I don't know. I, I yeah, I'm not sure. Um, and that she said that the guy who went with us was very tall and very slender and oh. he had trouble climbing up there. Or maybe there's just like, it's just a hill into the woods. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I have a lot of questions about this. Um, and that there was no way that he had just jumped up there. Obviously, Brittany really wants to know what happened to her father. Mm-hmm. And that um, she just wants closure and it's different having an obituary than a missing paper. Um, she said it's, uh, quote, it's hard to keep going on with life knowing that he's somewhere out there and no one's trying to bother to find him or anything. It would mean so much mm-hmm. to me and his other children and everybody else that wants him home. Yeah. It's just reminded me of the Sage Smith case. Yeah. But yeah. Raymond, I will be posting a photo of Raymond. Um, but Raymond Earl Willis is five ten to six foot and weighed 203 pounds when he vanished. Um, If you have any information, please contact the Pike County Sheriff's Office at 740-947-2111. That will also be in the description and on our social media. Another death um, was Robert Fuller, um, who was a 24-year-old black man who was found hanging from a tree in northern Los Angeles County. Um... Any time that there's a young black person hanged, yeah. I automatically, I do not think fucking suicide. No. Um, I apologize in advance. We did say trigger warning of suicide at the beginning. This is where that talk comes in. Um, so, on what appears to be July 9th, bear with me, um, at a little after 3.30 a.m., um, a passport noticed a man who was later identified as Robert Fuller um, hanging from a tree in Palmdale, California. Um, fire department personnel arrived um, and determined that the man was dead. Um, and the, Lo- uh, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department said in a statement that they were describing his death as an alleged death by suicide. Um the city proceeded to say that it's not a it's not the first such incident since COVID began, um, and that they're saying that they um, they included information in the statement for resources on mental health, and that quote the city remains committed to addressing mental health issues during these difficult times. We are in this together. End quote. Um, So, when the Sheriff's Department, a spokesperson for the Sheriff's Department, announced that the preliminary findings of Fuller's death 
um, was a suicide, the crowds were actually very outraged and demanded an investigation. Um, the um, Palmdale mayor, um, Stephen Hoffbauer, um, shouted at the people, we are, we're working hard, quote, we're working hard to try to figure out exactly what happened, end quote. Um, uh, attendees were asking for camera footage of the incident, but a city official said that there, that there wasn't any. Um, throughout the news conference, officials repeatedly called it an ongoing investigation, saying a full op autopsy is underway. Um, uh, after the press conference, the city issued a statement saying that it understood the community's call for a full investigation into the death, uh, or into the death, and that they were looking, um, all investigative agencies were looking into the matter. Um, they're working with local community leaders to increase the dialogue on how we can best work together and build a safer and more inclusive community, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So part of the thing that I found, found it's, I just, to me, there's no way that. I'm sorry. Most people are not going to fucking hang themselves. No. I mean, let me put it this way. When you try and find out how many people have committed suicide by hanging, there is no number identified, which means it's too low. Mm -hmm. And also, I, I can't see someone hanging themselves in public as the means to their own death. Yeah. That's... I mean, it's a, it seems like a statement rather than yeah. depression. Yeah. Um, another case is of uh, Jelani Day. Um, he... Or, um, he's a 25-year-old, and he was... And his body was found in a, again, quote, alleged end quote, sundown town. Um, there, uh, the family's attorney and, uh, or Jelani's mother and their attorney, um, Ben Crump are of course looking into his murder. Um, they have been asking, or they were asking for his death to, for the FBI to investigate his death as a homicide. His mother, Carmen Bolden Day, um, was reported as saying, his body was found naked in a sundown town and all of his belongings were found miles away. His wallet miles away, his clothes miles away, his ID miles away. Okay, um, just for anybody who happens to be curious, the list of sundown towns or previous sundown towns in Illinois. Is it too long? Very long. Disturbingly long. Over 500. Yeah. His body was found in Peru, Illinois, and... It, Which isn't on this list. Interestingly enough. Um, which is interesting, because it does say, uh, according to Tougaloo College, it's listed as a probable sundown town. Hmm. 
So I wonder if it got taken off of there, which is interesting. Um, his body was found in October. Um, according to the article that I read, um, it said that one comment on the registry we mentioned earlier said that the town blew a whistle every day when the sun was setting. Another said that signs were originally posted in the city using racial slurs and telling black passerby, don't let the sun set on you. Okay, I did find it. Okay. It's La Salle, Peru. Oh, that's interesting. Um, uh, due to the history, um, Jelani's mother and attorney um, reject that the claims that her son had committed suicide. Understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the attorney, Ben Crump, uh, is quoted as saying, Carmen and her family reject the innuendo that he committed suicide. People ask me where the evidence is that he was murdered, and I say, you don't have any evidence he killed himself. End quote. Again, trying to conf- uh, confirm a negative. Mm-hmm. Um, Jelani was a graduate student in, at Illinois, uh, Illinois State University at the time of his death. He was studying for his PhD in speech pathology with dreams of becoming a doctor. Um, uh, the lawyer said that it made no sense if that he wanted to commit suicide as he was well liked by his peers and his teachers and he could afford his education Um, he's quoted as saying you look at this young black man who did everything right and yet you are trying to find excuses for why he could have killed himself end quote Um, As is standard, we're going to talk about the subpar media attention that this case wrought. Um, The lawyer um, attributes the lack of progress um, in this case to inequity in missing persons cases, as we have discussed many, many times before. Um, And he brought up the recent search of Gabby Petito, um, the 22-year-old white blogger um, who sparked a nationwide search when she was reported missing, as I'm sure we are all acutely aware of her name. Um, a super freaking sad case. Very sad. Um, and while Crump said that the um, Petito's family obviously deserved the help that they received, he's just asking for some of the same resources um, for missing black and brown people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's again quoted as saying, "If you look at the inequity of resources between missing white people and black, and, or in missing black people, it is astounding. If you go missing as a black person in America, nobody cares." End quote. Um, on or shortly after the press conference on December third, the Peru Police Department said that new information regarding the case would be revealed the following week. Um, according to Jelani's mother, she was told that the information could not be released on that day because they had wanted to respect the conference. Um, four days had passed, and she hadn't received any information that she, hadn't received the information that she was promised. She said that the police department um, said that they would contact her on Monday to tell um, her what they had discovered, and she was still waiting on their call. Um, The police chief, um, Robert Pazaka, said um, after requested for a comment that the news release and the information would be available when it is found, not the week after uh, after the press conference. Um, they were unable to acquire release to back up either of these claims. Um, although there's still minimal progress on the case, both his mother and um, their lawyer are 
hoping that they will be able to bring justice to Jelani mm-hmm. um, and that they hope that coverage of the case will bring it further to the forefront, um, increasing awareness and pressure, which is kind of what we're hoping to do is make people aware of these so that we can support each other as people so that this shit will stop happening. Yeah. Um, and just kind of a very poignant quote by Jelani's mother. Um, quote, the resources that are afforded to a white woman like Gabby Petito, let them be afforded to my black son, end quote. And to end it on a final note, um, obviously these very few cases do not fully encompass the struggle or the continued problems that black and POC people have to face all over the world or in the Americas. Um, but I hope this does help shed some light on Mm -hmm. the ongoing situation racism is still incredibly prevalent and it is everyone's job to stand Mm up and Mm -hmm. support each other and try and put an end to this crap because it's Mm -hmm. it's it's old and nobody deserves it yeah it shouldn't have been a thing to begin with and and... it shouldn't be a fucking thing now Mm mm-hmm listening to today's episode of a wild mystery podcast appears recorded and produced by bell and ollie please check out all of our social media where we have additional information shared you can find all of those links on our website at awmpa.com we'd love to hear your feedback for our podcast so be sure to rate and review tune in next week for another episode of a wild mystery podcast appears